and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I am your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. Today's topic was super fun to record. My guest is George Lawrence, founder of Merchant Words, a very popular research tool for Amazon sellers and other marketers. And so we dive deep into Amazon search trends. How are people looking for searching for products on Amazon and how has that changed in recent years? We also talk about some Amazon news and just some Amazon trends in general. We even dive into a few other marketplaces like walmart.com and jet.com. And we speculate a little bit and, and talk about what you might expect from those marketplaces. We talk about uh, interesting ways you can use keyword research data from Amazon, whether that's to launch a new product, to maybe find demand you didn't know existed for your product. And so we get into a lot of good stuff here. I hope you enjoy my interview with George Lawrence. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify and Zipify Pages. If you are on Shopify, you need to check out Zipify Pages. It's an easy to use, customizable, drag and drop landing page builder. So now you can take your best marketing ideas, things you learned from the podcast, things you learned from Ezra Firestone, and utilize those in drag and drop fashion using Zipify Pages. Also check out one-click upsells, visit zipify.com. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and I am really excited about today's episode because the, the topic applies really to each of us. Uh, as we're looking at e-commerce, how to grow our businesses, we're either on Amazon or we're competing against Amazon and uh, or some combination of the two. And so we're talking today with the founder of Merchant Words. We're going to be talking a lot of things, Amazon and other marketplace related. We're going to talk about keyword research and search patterns and search behavior on Amazon. So I'm really excited to welcome to the show, Mr. George Lawrence. George, how are you doing, man? Fantastic. And I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much. Yeah, man, I love this topic. Uh, you and I were both recently at IRCE and uh, we kind of passed like ships in the night, I think. I, I came by your booth, you were busy. <laughs> uh, I was slammed at our booth, so we didn't actually get to, to see each other face-to-face, -face, but got to, to connect afterwards. And uh, your tool is one that we use as a team. So uh, we, we have a, a service where we help merchants with their Amazon advertising. And so I was just talking to our, our lead specialist, Chris Tyler, before the show. And I'm like, hey, give me your take on Merchant Words. And he was kind of gushing about you a little bit because he, he, he loves the tool. <laughs> But for those that don't know, uh, well, actually, before we get into that, what, what's your background and, and how did you get into to digital marketing? Was this like a, a planned path or did you stumble into digital marketing? How, how did you get here? Well, like all interesting stories, uh, that never really was my intention. I, I started out as a regular computer programmer, you know, just working for other companies. And I realized that, you know, in order to kind of grow my own personal success, I needed to do some stuff on the side. So I got into e-commerce by kind of by accident, started off as a hobby, just a way to make a little extra money. Did, did the Amazon thing in conjunction with eBay, you know, we're just trying to see what, see what the world could offer out uh, to bring in a little extra cash. And then I quickly realized that, you know, in order to kind of scale up that business, in order to really become successful as a seller, whether it's on Amazon or eBay or anything, you got to understand what people are looking to buy, right? But more importantly, you need to understand how people are searching when they're looking to buy it, because that's the key. If you're not on the search result pages inside of Amazon, then you're just 
you're really nowhere, right? You're always paying for advertising to get your product noticed. It's the visibility in the organic search is kind of the key to having uh, early wins on Amazon. So that was my realization. And because I was a computer programmer, I figured, hey, maybe I could use my skills writing code to see if I can write some code to help me solve that problem. So I noodled around with a few experiments and wrote a few little scripts that dumped some data in a database. And all of a sudden I realized that, you know, this is pretty interesting stuff. I started seeing a lift with my own products that I was selling on Amazon. I thought, hey, this this is actually could could be something. So I showed it to a few uh, Amazon seller friends of mine and they're like, dude, this is awesome. You need you need to like, can I have a access to this? <laughs> well, I'm like, sure. OK, go ahead. So I kind of beta tested it a little bit with some of my Amazon seller friends of mine. And finally, they're like, yeah, you know what, man, you, you should share this with the whole world. So we decided to turn it into a real product, you know, charge a few dollars for it and kind of word of mouth sort of took off from there. And uh, that's uh, that's how Merchant Wars got willed into existence. That's amazing. So when you first started building the tool, you really had no intentions of making it an actual offering. You were, you were really just doing it to help you sell more on Amazon. Exactly right. I was scratching my own itch. And, you know, I, I, I love entrepreneurship and I love looking at kind of the origin of companies. And I'm seeing this is kind of a, a popular or recurring theme that a lot of the most interesting products out there found their genesis by someone just solving their own problem. And then they realize that, you know what, <laughs> there's more of a business in this thing that we built to, <laughs> than there was in our original business. <laughs> right. And I think it just it makes for a really authentic product. And, and if you're solving a real problem, that you're facing, it's almost certainly a problem that other people are facing as well. So uh, really, really interesting and, and glad that, that you went on that, on that journey. And so, so that was 2013 is when Merchant Words came to be, correct? Uh, did, did you start experimenting kind of with the software prior to that or talk about the timeline just a little bit? Yeah, no, it was all in 2013. So uh, by the time we officially launched and got our first bank customer for real, that was, I believe, October 2013. But uh, earlier that year is when we first had the idea of like, you know what, uh, we're going to crush it on Amazon. But in order to do that, I need to have this extra data by my side. So that was uh, th that started off as what we thought was going to be our own little internal uh, tool to help us uh, just become better sellers uh, towards the beginning of the year. And then by the end of the year, we had actually pivoted into making that the product we we were working on. Gotcha. And, and was it one of those scenarios where you just, you couldn't find a tool to do exactly what, it, what you wanted to do? Or were there some other tools that just were, were missing features? Or was there really nothing else like this at the, at the time? Well, you know, when you talk about uh, keyword tools or you say the word SEO, almost everybody immediately assumes that you're talking about search engines, you know, like Google. And of course, in 2013 and way before then, there was a ton of SEO tools that would tell you all about different keywords and what's happening in, in the search engine, you know, in, in Google and whatnot. But there was really nothing for any of the e-commerce platforms, nothing to really give you any good sense of what people were searching for when they went to the e-commerce websites, you know, Amazon.com specifically, just you didn't know. And uh, the, one of the things that really struck me early on was the fact that if I took a look at what people were searching for in Google, it would be a mix of all kinds of intentions. Uh, it could be someone looking to do some homework or research or term paper or, uh, you know, stuff like that. There's never really any purchase intent behind it. And you can imagine that, you know, the number of uh, the number of people looking for something for free to download on the Internet, th those searches all go to Google. And what I really wanted to do, the, the, the itch I was trying to scratch is what could we do specifically inside Amazon or more generally just an e-commerce e environment to make sure that all of these searches were searches from people looking to buy something. So it was the there were plenty of keyword and SEO tools, but nothing really had the purchase intent that I was looking for. 
Yeah, I think that, that's a great way to, to put it. And, you know, with, with our agency, we, we're uh, doing more and more on Amazon, you know, because we are e-commerce focused and, and you have to do uh, more on, on Amazon. And so we, we've done a lot helping clients with their Amazon ad campaigns and SEO on Amazon as well. But, but at the core, we're, we're search guys. And so I, I cut my teeth on Google and SEO back in 2004 and, and kind of grew a search agency. And, and what's interesting, you know, I think if someone's looking to buy a product, their search behavior can be similar between Google and Amazon, right? So if I'm looking to buy a new pair of Nike running shoes, I may type in the same keywords in Google that I would type in on Amazon, although Nike's not really available on Amazon, so I, I picked a bad, uh, bad brand. But, but regardless, <laughs> um, you know, if I'm looking to buy, my search behavior may be similar between the two platforms. And one of the things we always do, if, if a seller's on Amazon and they're wanting to, let's say, get into Google Shopping, that's one of our specialties, then I'll, I'll want to look at the Amazon keywords to see, okay, let, let's maybe then target some of those keywords in Google. But there are differences, you know, and, and, and now... With and we, I've seen different reports, but it's likely north of fifty percent of all product searches begin on Amazon and not on Google. You know, which is right. which is crazy. And you know, kudos to to Jeff Bezos. Uh, uh, kind of scary for the the folks at Google. And obviously, Google's still on a huge platform. But I, I think it 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 really makes it clear that hey, you you can't just use a tool that's mainly about Google and search engine traffic and hope that translates to Amazon. You need to get the Amazon data and that's what you guys do. Yeah, exactly right. In fact, I do remember one of the conversations I had with a customer recently and he said, you know, thanks so much for building the tools, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I'm like, well, tell me about your business. He says, I sell, uh, I'm in a niche category and I sell products related to the French Revolution. I'm like, really, dude? You built a business? Yeah, right, exactly. You build a business around selling products related to the French Revolution. He's like, yeah, and the interesting thing is when I do a general keyword tool, whether it's search engines or e-commerce or whatever, but if it's, if it's a general tool, uh, it'll be telling me that some of the hottest keywords are uh, French Revolution history, French Revolution timeline, French Revolution, you know, all about the, the dates and the details. And, and it's almost always research and homework kind of yep. oriented. But, but if I go to a site that gets it directly from the e-commerce platforms or has purchase intent behind it, you know, like Merchant Wars, then uh, what he's telling me is he'll get things like French Revolution uh, CD, French Revolution poster, those kinds of things. So it's product and purchase intent related. Now, uh, it's interesting, right? I think this guy had to broaden his scope a little bit. But uh, the, the takeaway for me there was, hey, you know what? Not everybody's going to get what they need from Google. However, the flip side is there's still a lot of interesting stuff happening in Google. So don't ignore it either. And in fact, even though 50% or more of the searches originate in Amazon, that means that around 50% don't. So if, if you're not, in my personal opinion, if you're not thinking about both sides of that equation, then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. Yep, I totally agree. I think the 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 uh, tendency or the potential mistake that someone could make is to say, "Whoa, Amazon's growing. I'm going to shift all my attention to Amazon." Or they would say, "Well, Google's still the largest search engine, so I'm only going to focus there." When the reality is, you have to focus on on both, or at least be aware of what's going on on, on both platforms. And so, uh, I, I love the aspect of keyword research to kind of dig into the the why and the intent and what is someone actually looking for here. It's always fascinated me. Um, and so uh, in, in looking at your tool and specifically what you've seen kind of transpire with Amazon since 2013, what, what are some of the bigger changes? What, what are some of the, the things that, that either Amazon has done or, or shifts in the marketplace? Because, you know, four years in, in Internet terms is like an eternity. Uh, but what, what have you seen change in the last uh, four years or so? 
Right. Well, I, I love the question and I'll try to answer as best I can. But, you know, the question implies that these changes are one time events like, oh, remember this one change? Remember that one change? And the way I really view Amazon, it's continuously changing all the time. Right. So yes. I really couldn't put my I really couldn't put my finger on any one change because change is constant and happens every every, you know, w without end every single day. But uh, there is a couple of interesting things. One, uh, one that really sticks out in my mind is for a while we were seeing the keywords only really mattered in certain places. Uh, for example, uh, you know, in the description, absolutely keywords counted in the description and they counted uh, just as strongly in the description as they did in other places. Although the, the keywords that appear in your title were always the heaviest weighted from the title. And, and that kind of seemed to be the normal. And, and all of a sudden we were starting to see that shift. We discovered that now they were uh, putting a lot of weight on the keywords that would appear in the bullet points. And then we saw that Amazon suddenly started having very little, perhaps no weight on the keywords that were appearing in your description, but they were putting all the weight apart from title on the keywords in the bullet points. And so there was this big shift of people not really optimizing their description, but now started optimizing their bullet points instead. And it was funny because if you look at listings that were kind of around in those days, you would see that many of the sellers would just delete their description entirely, chop up their description into five easy chunks, just, uh, you know, copy and paste the sentences right in the individual bullet points. And then that's how we saw listings happen, uh, you know, in the, in that time. Then a little while later, Amazon decided to change it up a little bit because they didn't like the way people were just migrating the description content into bullet points. And they started weighting description words in the descriptions again. And so then we saw this migration of people going back from taking their bullet points and putting it up into the descriptions. So it's, it's funny that it seems to me that we were always chasing exactly what the Amazon algorithm is doing by uh, moving our keywords around from bullet points to descriptions, et cetera. And for folks or sellers who, who continue to kind of chase that trend, I think it's interesting that they're losing sight of the fact that Amazon is always, no matter what, going to optimize for the best customer experience. So even though kind of the tactics of uh, what, what happens with your keywords and how Amazon is taking a look at where your keywords are placed, even though the tactics of that may change from time to time. Uh, what I think is most interesting is the strategy you need to make sure you're always employing is what's best for a, a good customer experience. And really, in my opinion, if you optimize for a great description and a great bullet points, it's easy to read from a consumer point of view, from a buyer, from a human point of view, and not really optimize for the algorithm. I think in the end you'll win because that's the thing that Amazon is always optimizing for. But to, to answer your question, uh, I think it's fun and a little silly, but I think it's fun to see this trend of uh, Amazon sellers always chasing the different trends of uh, bullet points, no descriptions, no back and forth. It's got to be, I got to worry about my first 250 characters. No, I need to worry about my first thousand characters, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and at, at, the, at the end of the day, uh, even though the, those tactics seem to shift all the time, uh, like I was saying, I think the right strategy to always hold steady to is what's best for the customer. Yeah, and I think there's a tendency, and we see this with Google as well, to to maybe oversteer or overcompensate when you when you hear new news or a new trend or something that that one of the platforms is changing. And yeah, I, I think it, as long as you know your keyword data and you're clear on that and what customers want, and if you're optimizing to increase your sales volume and sales velocity and things like that, then then yeah, you, you maybe don't need to lurch uh, from. From one being too tactically focused and, and lurching from one uh, proposed trend or, or supposed trend to, to the next. Right. So, yeah, really, really interesting stuff. 
Um, so what are some of the, the mistakes you see? So, so you're looking at, at keyword data. You guys help people understand what type of search behavior is going on on Amazon and, and uncover all the data that's there. What kind of mistakes do you see people making when they look at the data? Uh, two mistakes I see a lot, and uh, the crazy thing is th these are easy to fix, but the two mistakes I see a lot are ignoring your back-end keywords. So as I'm sure everybody knows, when you create a listing in Amazon, you've got, of course, the, any keywords you can place that the user sees in the bullet points, keywords, title, whatnot. But then, of course, you've got this uh, great opportunity to put some additional keywords in the back-end of your listing that the user doesn't see, and that helps inform the Amazon algorithm. And you know how Amazon processes that and how Amazon looks at that, that might evolve over time, and we've seen changes to how they're uh, kind of waiting and parsing that data. And, and that's really interesting. But the biggest mistake I see is people just either ignoring or perhaps not putting enough attention and putting enough content in those back-end keywords to help Amazon's algorithm kind of digest their product. And then the uh, corollary or uh, kind of related problem that I see a lot is people not really updating their listing uh, for either the visible keywords that users can see or those back-office keywords that only the Amazon algorithm sees. And that's uh, it's a shame because, you know, if you continue to stay on top of consumer trends, you'll see that not only are the search behavior constantly shifting, but people are searching in new unexpected ways all the time. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard the, the statistic on Amazon that, uh, well, I've heard the statistic on Google that the vast majority of all the searches are searches that have never occurred before, that the newness of the kinds of new searches that are coming down the pike is really interesting. And we've seen yeah. the exact same thing on Amazon. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know, you could probably speak to this a little more than I could, but uh, we see the exact same thing in Amazon where uh, from month to month, we see a lift in the overall number of keywords that people search on, of course, but there's a big churn inside that number. So even though the overall pool of keywords grows, it's interesting that it's constantly shifting. So yep. the yep. two biggest mistakes, the two biggest mistakes I see are not leveraging what you can do for keywords, leaving it either empty or, or uh, not not filled out all the way. But then the other one is kind of letting them uh, stay static for too long. You should be changing them. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, and I think the stat is on on Google that it's like fifteen percent every day of searches are, are brand new to Google, which you think about is kind of mind-boggling because of the billions of searches that take place on Google. And so I'm sure the numbers are similar or maybe even higher, who knows, on, on, on Amazon. But, but yeah, the, the behavior does change because I think we're all just searching more, right? If you look at, at desktop search trends, mobile search trends, search by voice trends, they're all going up. So we're all just searching more uh, you know, on Google and on, on Amazon. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're trying new things and we're based on, Hey, I, I searched this way for this one product. Didn't really get to what I was looking for. I had to, I had to modify my search behavior. So now I'm going to, I'm going to type in these, these types of words as I, as I perform my query. And, and I don't know that we always consciously think about that, but we're, we are shifting our, our search behavior. And so, so that, that's really interesting. Uh, that's really interesting. It's, there's a, we talked about the dangers of lurching, you know, of, oh, uh, Amazon wants this. I'm going to rewrite everything and, you know, forget description. I'm going all bullets, you know, so that that's a danger. But the other danger is, well, I'm just going to stay steady. I'm not going to change anything, right? You, you've got to, you got to know what the, the trends are now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, another interesting corollary to this, let me add one more uh, answer to your question. Yeah, great. And that is, I, I think that a lot of us, uh, a lot of us sellers, we look at the products that we're selling and we think, well, let me describe all the physical properties of this. Uh, you know, it's a white dress. It's made out of cotton. It has so much inches of hem and this. And so we're all, we're always wrapped up in describing what the product is that often we don't kind of put on the hat of the consumer and think about, 
uh, how a consumer would use this. So, for example, is the white dress for a birthday party? Is it for a first communion? Is it for a religious reason? For a school thing? Is it you know what's it for? And what we see is in the search terms. Of course, you'll see white dress and white cotton dress and white linen dress. You see all of those search terms that contain physical properties of the product. But and this gets to what you were saying about the fact that everybody has different ideas in mind when they begin their search. We'll see uses for the dress. So it's white dress for a birthday party. Well, the seller would never know what you're going to use it for. However, people search for it that way. And so for to be to become a really good seller, you need to get into the mind of the shopper, the mind of the customer and think, what is the what is the person going to use this for? What what is uh, what are the different purposes that they're going to have? And so make sure to bake those ideas into your listing, whether it's the front end, back end keywords, but just be aware of those. I, I think that's another common mistake, and that's something that's kind of hard to break our habits, where we're so focused on the product, we kind of lose sight of the fact that there are real people behind this with different uses for, for what they're searching for. Yeah, and I think that's brilliant, and and it's one of those things where if someone was selling a white dress, they may say, well, I just, I just want to show up when someone's searching for white dress. Well, that's going to be really hard. And then there's tons of competition, but you may be able to show up, you know, for white dress for whatever, you know, white bride, bridesmaid dresses or whatever the case may be. And so often getting more specific, I think, uh, works to your advantage. So yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. Um, what are some of the data points that you recommend people pay attention to? And so you can kind of talk about what Merchant Words provides. So if I'm doing keyword research on Merchant Words, what kind of data points are there? But talk about what's most important, because I think a lot of people just default look at, at search volume, but they just look at the volume, the number of times a particular keyword is, is searched over a given month. But I, I think that's, that's short-sighted. What, what are, it's obviously important, but what are some of the data points that you recommend people pay attention to and, and why? So uh, I, I echo with what you're saying that sometimes it's a little short-sighted to just focus on search volume. In fact, the earliest versions of Merchant Words in the very beginning, we didn't have a, an estimated search volume at all. What we would do is kind of publish a, a percentile. How close to the top of the percentile ranking is this? 95th percentile, 90th percentile? And uh, you know, about half our customers got that immediately. They're like, you know what? This is great because this is all I need to know to help me focus on the more popular keywords. Uh, but there was a huge number of people who were like, yeah, okay, but I got to know how many how many uh, search volume is this? What is it? Does that mean ten thousand people search for it? hundred thousand people search for it? What? And I'm like, well, you know, we really don't know that because it's it's an estimate. And so, based on customer feedback, of course, we said, look, people want to grok a number. That's how their mind works. And so, we need to come up with an estimated number of search volume. But in my opinion. The, that's really kind of the, the least important part of this whole exercise. Now, naturally, it's good to know what's kind of at the top of the popularity because not everybody wants to look at the long tail, although I would encourage everyone to take a peek at the long tail to look at the variations also. So um, to, to answer your question, though, what I would say is the thing that's most interesting to me, the most important data point to pay attention to isn't really measured in a number at all. And what that is is the variations of all of the different ways that people are searching. I'll I'll give you an example, and I hope I don't offend anyone with this example, but uh, one of our early success stories was uh, from a, a CEO named Elena. She's a wonderful person. I met her a couple of times, and she runs a company called Bling Jewelry out of New York, and uh, she was doing a great job with all of her line, you know, necklaces and bracelets and whatnot, and she decided to take a play, a big play, on some inventory for anklets. So she jumped into the anklet product with a, a bunch of different product offerings, and she wasn't seeing any success. She was having a hard time getting her anklets to move on Amazon. So she discovered our tool, and she did a quick search into anklet, you know, 
search for anklets on merchant words, and she found that our suggestion was, uh, in addition to the word anklet being a pretty good search term, although it's too generic, she found that the very next suggestion down was swinger anklet and hot wife anklet. All right. So right. yes, yeah, so, so th those terms are you know have a very mature adult kind of connotation to them, right? and certainly not anything that she wanted to be associated with her brand. And she was a little bit skeptical, honestly. She thought maybe that you know our data was bad, or we were just making stuff up, or whatever. And, and but she jumped in anyway. So she said she decided to try those keywords out in the back office keyword, the back end keywords. She wasn't going to put it anywhere in her uh, title or anywhere anybody could read it because she didn't want to be associated with those concepts. But she threw it in the back office keywords and. And all of a sudden, she saw an enormous spike in her uh, sales velocity. She told me later that she said it went her her sales went from I can't keep uh, I can't sell a single one to I can't keep them in stock. Now, we didn't invent the surge volume behind this particular group sure, of people looking sure. for anglers. And, and, you know, honestly, I got to confess to you, I'm really not an expert in the swinger lifestyle <laughs> myself, right, but, right. but, but, but I looked into it a little bit and apparently if uh, you go to one of these parties and you wear an anklet on one foot, like the right or the left, it means a certain thing. If you wear it on the other foot, it means a certain other thing. And I don't really know much about it, but the, the interesting point is it's, it's got a lot of people looking for these, uh, looking for anklets in the context of these parties that they go to. Now, no manufacturer is really thinking about that particular use. However, people are searching for it in that way. So there's that's that context I was talking about earlier. And, uh, you know, my friend Elena, she took a chance, right? She put those keywords in there. And now when someone types in swinger anklet or hot wife anklet into Amazon, because, you know, they're going to go to one of these parties, now her product comes up first because she's the only merchant had that concept or had that knowledge of how people were searching. So to, answer, to get back to answering your question, uh, what, what I'd really want to say is the most important thing to focus on, the most important data point isn't a number at all. It's all of these different variations because there's just almost an unlimited number of different ways that people search for the same product. So what I would encourage people to look for is the different variations and not so much be hung up on what the most popular search volume is. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And, and really, if you think about your tool, and, and what we should do as marketers and business owners is we're really just trying to find where the demand is. Where, where is the demand? What are people looking for? And how can we satisfy that need? And so one, one of my favorite marketing quotes comes from a guy named Eugene Schwartz. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I know a lot of people probably haven't, but he's a copywriter from the kind of famous in the 70s and 80s. But he talked about how good marketers should be like sailors where we're not trying to create demand, right? That's not a marketer's job, not to create demand, but it's to find and channel existing demand, just like a sailor uses the wind, you know, to, to take their, their ship where they want to go. I think there's a lot, lot, of, lot of truth to that. And, and, and certainly, you know, you know, new products and new tech uh, can, can create demand for things that, uh, that maybe people never even thought of before, you know. But for the most part, our job is what is it that people are looking for? What is it that they want? And maybe it's some really weird thing like this that we never would have dreamed of. Uh, but using a tool like yours, we can see, okay, here's where the search behavior is. Can I capitalize on that? Exactly. Yeah, so cool. So talk about that a little bit. So so the the tool then allows you to say, okay, hey, I'm I'm you know, I'm selling these these handbags or whatever. So I'm I'm selling uh, RFID handbags. We were talking to a company the other day that did that or whatever. So I type in this keyword and now your tool is going to give me all kinds of related and long tail keywords. 
Yeah, exactly right. So, for example, if you start off with a generic or a very general keyword, for example, on a Harry Potter or whatever, something you know is going to produce a lot of results in a lot of different categories, you'll see that, uh, you know, you got books, you got movies, you got apparel, you got T-shirts across every single category. You can think of there's a Harry Potter product in Amazon. And uh, some of the things you can do immediately to kind of get a little value there is uh, filter down by categories. So you could exclude certain categories. You could uh, focus in on some. The other thing you can do using Merchant Words is you yourself iterate uh, more specifically by adding more to your search term itself that you're looking for. So instead of just searching for Harry Potter, you could search for Harry Potter books or you know Harry Potter movies, et cetera, those kinds of things. Uh, the other interesting thing that you could do with our data is as you keep drilling down into it, you can download chunks of it away. And we, a lot of our customers, what they'll do is uh, they'll shuttle stuff over into Excel and then have maybe an assistant or hire a programmer to help them do additional processing to it. And that kind of use case for me is fascinating because we're never going to figure out exactly all the different ways that people want to consume our data. So we have the ability for you to download as a CSV and whatever additional processing you want to do to it. And uh, that's cool from my point of view because, you know, we're providing the data to you, but I could never figure out in a million years how all of the nuances of your business is run. And we've seen folks who, uh, in fact, this really surprises me, we've seen a lot of our customers who aren't even Amazon sellers at all. But what they do want to do is keep their finger on the pulse of what's happening on Amazon and that assists them in whatever their uh, particular use cases could be content creation, uh, thinking about about what blog posts to write next, those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting for me is uh, that there's almost an unlimited number of ways that you could use the data provided by Merchant Words. And, you know, we're in the business of providing it to you. And, and uh, the last thing I want to say, though, is if there's any aspect of our data that uh, needs to be improved, like it's a little bit cumbersome, if you can't search in the way you want to search it, you should probably know that we're always working on new ideas all the time. Uh, you know, we what, don't know exactly when the next new feature set's going to roll out, but we've got a team of programmers working hard. To, to, to continually roll out new features. But if there's anything that as uh, anybody tries out Merchant Words and they think, you know what, this is not really uh, got all the features I need, please let us know. Uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what features you would like to see. And we'll definitely toss that in the roadmap and get to work on it. It's a sign of a good company right there to, to iterate, launch, iterate, just keep, keep improving, keep tweaking. And so uh, that's awesome. Um, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, trends in search behavior or just increases in the the amount of of queries that are taking place but but any any interesting trends you're seeing because i know i know you've you've gone from like you know 40 million of the top amazon search queries to 70 million or something like that um recently but but what what trends are you seeing yeah well definitely the overall number of search terms variations uh, continues to grow and i don't think that'll ever slow down uh, back in 2013, when we first started, we saw 20 million search phrases in our database. And, that, it, and in those early days, that blew me away. I'm like, wow, 20 million different ways to search for things. That's kind of fascinating. And just the other day, I looked and we're at like 180 million plus uh, different search variations in our database. So there's, it's clear evidence that there's going to be no slowdown to the fact that people are always going to search in different and surprising and unique ways. But that's certainly one trend that I think is interesting. The other trend is there's so many more e-commerce platforms now that back in the day, really, if it was just Amazon was kind of it. I mean, eBay is sort of its own Wild West thing. But when you're looking at uh, kind of a, uh, a full-fledged e-commerce solution, you know, everyone would just say, look, let's just go to Amazon and buy that. In fact, Amazon sort of came the default winner, like the way Google won for generic purchases. However, we're seeing now Jet, Walmart, uh, Sears, Newegg, all these other platforms. They're brands that oftentimes started out with their 
own particular closed ecosystem. Now they've opened themselves up to be an open marketplace. So as uh, one of the trends I think is really interesting is that uh, let's, let's take Newegg, for example. Newegg started off as just selling electronics, right? And then now that they've opened themselves up to be more of a marketplace, uh, same, same with Sears. Sears started as just a, a, an adjunct to their own brick and mortar offering. And now they open themselves up as a marketplace. So you see tons of different products flooding in there. So the, the number of marketplaces like Amazon that a seller can go to, and by extension, the kinds of products that are offered there and the kinds of searches that we see users performing is just constantly growing. That's mind boggling. Yeah. And I, I believe, you know, the marketplaces are going to continue to thrive and grow. It's a great experience for the, the consumer. And, and then also it's usually very, very profitable for the marketplace as well. And, and so speaking of marketplaces, I, I know two additional marketplaces you guys are involved with that are also extremely hot right now, getting a lot of the, uh, the news and attention and buzz, uh, other than Amazon, uh, would be Walmart and Jet.com. Both are relatively new. You know, our, our feedback from our merchants that we work with, our clients that, that are on those platforms is, you know, they're, they're seeing growth, they're seeing good things, no, nowhere near the volume of, of Amazon, but they're seeing good things. So they're new, not a lot of data out there. But what are, what are you guys seeing uh, with Walmart and Jet right now? Well, we're, we're keeping an eye on Walmart and Jet and the other marketplaces, of course. Um, you know, I don't have anything specific to announce, but we're hoping to have a version of Merchant Words that give you some insight into the keyword searches happening on Walmart and Jet. So uh, look for that coming eventually. Uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to tell you we're launching that next week, but, you know, we're, we're not quite there. Although we are looking at the data and it's interesting stuff. The, uh, the, the thing that really kind of makes me excited about this is once we have a rich set of Walmart and Jet data to take a look at, then we'll be able to spot specific trends like these products are more popular here than they are there. These products are trending up over in this location than they are in that location. And one of the things that I've asked my data science team to begin looking at, even though, like I said, uh, the data that's coming into our data warehouse is preliminary, but I've had the data science team begin looking at this. I've heard from some of our customers that they're a little bit hesitant to take their products into the Walmart uh, uh, online marketplace because they're a little bit concerned about kind of the association, if you will, being associated with sort of a discount retailer. And, you know, there's uh, websites like uh, the people of Walmart and whatnot that give it a certain, you know, give it a certain, uh, I, I can't really put my finger on it. They don't want to be associated with like a discount retailer. Yeah. They, they want, they I feel, want, feel like it could devalue their brand in some way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so the, the interesting analysis that, uh, you know, we're going to begin doing is do we see that because Walmart is an open marketplace and not just a discount retailer anymore, but because it's an open marketplace, are we seeing more and more brands come into that uh, to that marketplace and now have their brands being sold underneath the, the walmart.com moniker that wouldn't necessarily otherwise be found in the brick and mortar store. And that's an, that's an interesting analysis that we've begun. I'm hoping to be able to publish the results of that soon. But, uh, you know, Walmart having this brick and mortar equivalent that maybe not be as savory as uh, some brands want. That's an interesting uh, research angle. The, the other thing, of course, is Jet. Jet not having a, a brick-and-mortar equivalent. They're, they don't really have that same branding issue that Walmart does. But Jet is really interesting because they're focused on uh, you know making sure that if you add one thing to your cart, let me suggest for you adding other things to your cart to help minimize on the cost of shipping and whatnot. Well, that's a whole different animal, right? And so as we take a look at the things that become popular on Jet, what I'm wondering is what's the mix of – 
how many things is really driven by what the user came to the jet experience wanting to buy and how does that added by what jet suggested that they add to their cart because it's in a similar fulfillment center or can be shipped to them more quickly so naturally every yeah, so maybe and just just interject really quickly maybe thinking even beyond I'm not just looking at what people are searching for and, and the volume there and the, the long tail and all the things that are related, but I'm maybe now looking for what is popular and what's being sold on jet.com and what can I offer that would be related to that? So it almost be like the, you know, optimizing for the recommendation so that, so the jet will say, Hey, you should, you could also buy these things, you know, so you can write on the, maybe the coattails of other products. Is, is that kind of what you're, what you're thinking there? That's it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, the, the whole value prop of jet is if you, if you make your shopping choices wisely and perhaps driven by our suggestions to you, then what we'll do is we'll be able to save you significantly on savings or whatnot because at Amazon, what they'll do is they'll suggest all kinds of related products, but they won't necessarily be optimizing for the ones that come out of the same warehouse so they can be bundled together in the same box. Um, you probably experienced this yourself that if I put two or three or four things into a uh, Amazon, experience, uh, Amazon cart and then check out, I'll see that they are going to come in four different packages. They have four different delivery dates. Some are prime, some weren't. And it's this big mix of, you know, it's going from all across the country in all kinds of different ways. Uh, but Jet works to optimize that, as you know. And so I'm wondering, and this is another thing I'm asking my data science guys to look at, I'm wondering what kind of products are more suggested on Jet than they would otherwise have been on Amazon. Not necessarily because it was what was in the mind of the shopper when they first came to the e-commerce platform, but it's what the platform itself suggested to them because of their uh, their first couple of items they put in their cart. How does that affect the next couple of items they're going to put in? Yeah, really interesting. And I'm excited to see the data as well. Excited to see when you guys release that. And, and I think I think Jet.com was a smart move uh, on Walmart's part. I think it it it, that acquisition was a, was a smart move, uh, bolsters their ability to comp potentially compete with Amazon. Uh, and and I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, Walmart.com, the marketplace, does that then appeal to a wider spectrum of, of brands than maybe would be in the, in the physical store? Because that, you know, that's another thing that's talked about a lot in the industry is that Amazon really caters, Amazon Prime specifically, those that make you know, over 100K a year are our avid Prime subscribers. And you know, the Walmart shopper, the store shopper, is usually under 75K in income. So it'll, it'll be really interesting to see, yeah, the walmart.com shopper, is it a blend? Is it somewhere in the middle? Is it a little bit of both? I, I could see, I could see uh, that over time that, that, that brand, uh, that stigma may not be there on walmart.com. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see how that, how that plays out. But. Right, right. And, you know, me personally, I don't have any problem shopping in a physical Walmart. I'd, uh, yeah, every now and then you see something that you might not have seen if you had walked into a Cartier in it's Beverly good, it's Hills. It's good for entertainment, man. It's good for entertainment, <laughs> yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. No, no, but I, I, mean, I don't mind it at all. But I do find myself shopping on Walmart.com more than I would have thought that I would have. So yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting that my pers personal behavior is just because I have a preference for shopping online and a kind of a personal dislike for any brick and mortar store, right. I find myself shopping on Walmart walmart.com way more than i do walking into a walmart store yeah yeah we uh, we have a lot of kids so so my wife is a uh, show show shop wherever wherever we can get a, a good deal so we're, we're the same way uh, but i think that you know the thing that walmart will have going for it and walmart.com specifically is that that you know even for people that say oh i don't like walmart i don't, I don't want to be associated with people that shop at walmart 
it's still, you know that Walmart's going to take care of you, right? You know they're going to return stuff. You know the experience is going to be good from a customer service standpoint. Uh, maybe not finding like expert help on a complex product, you know, that you don't get at Walmart, but you know that, hey, it's going to be shipped. It's going to be, you know, they're going to take care of any issues. So there's going to be a trust factor, I think, with with walmart.com, uh, which could help them as well. So, so yeah, really, really going to be interesting to see how this this plays out in the, in the coming months. Yep, totally agree. Um, uh, any other any other trends that you're seeing in terms of of keyword data and, and, and the way people are, are searching? Or do, do you see things like, you know, uh, the Alexa devices or voice search? Is that is that changing anything or do you have insight into those those areas at all? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, uh, I'll answer your question in just a second, I promise. But I love these stories I hear where uh, like the, the toddler, you know, the, can barely talk, says, Mommy, I want you to buy me a dollhouse. And then all of a sudden the Alexa says, I've just now checked out with a dollhouse <laughs> in your shopping <laughs> yeah. cart. Yeah. And, yeah. and but, but the the my my favorite part of that story is that story in and of itself is enough to be newsworthy. And so there'll be a report on the news describing that. And then the news anchor said, uh, can you believe that all these people bought Alexas just because their daughter said, Alexa, buy me a, a, a dollhouse. And right. now thousands, thousands of people who had their TV onto that news channel now have dollhouses in their shopping carts because their Alexas were listening to it. <laughs> and so, so uh, it's brilliant. It's, Jeff it's Bezos bad. strikes again. <laughs> well, I don't think he woke up in the morning and said, Hey, I have a great idea to sell more dollhouse. Doll listen to this. Strategy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but, uh, you know, it, it is it is crazy where they're talking about reducing the friction. You know, I live in a market where we have a, a fresh available, you know, that we can buy our groceries through Amazon. And really, if you, as easy as it is to remind yourself to buy, you know, hey, honey, we're out of milk. The next time we're at the store, remember to buy milk. That conversation, instead of between my wife and me, it can just be like spoken to one of our devices and now there's a delivery for milk coming it's it's creepy it's a little bit it's a little bit creepy but it's mostly cool yep. and i love it so yeah, so these and this gets back to the idea of whatever is easier for the consumer the marketplaces are going to optimize for and you know that amazon is always what do they build themselves the world's most uh, customer-centric company but amazon you were mentioning walmart well, they're always going to optimize for what's easiest for the customer and uh, you know our, our job as sellers on these platforms is to understand that and figure out how to bring the best product at the best price and describe it with the best keywords to kind of help the marketplaces execute on that vision so one of the things that we're working on again I hate to keep talking about all the things we're going to do because if it winds up that we don't release it in time, I'm going to uh, seem like a jerk and I don't want to seem like a, uh, like a jerk. But, but one, of the, one of the things that uh, our data science guys are actually working on right now is that when we take a look at the keyword data, Amazon does what they call Amazon choice. And for every keyword, whether you speak it out loud into a device or whether you type it with your fingers into the interface, for every search term uh, spoken or typed, they will have one of the products that they consider to be the best choice that if you had to buy it without any further instruction, that would be the one they choose for you. Very interesting. That's really, right. The Amazon Choice Program is fascinating to me because as I do a search on my laptop and I type in a search term, I'll see that little, it's like a little uh, kind of a, a badge next to the product. And the, the one badge next to the product will be like, oh, so if I said that term into my Alexa and asked it to buy it, that's the thing they would send to me. And you know, mm. most of the time they, they get it right. I think, yeah, that is the one I would want. So good for you, Amazon. But Every now and then I'm like, oh, no way. I wouldn't want that one. I'd want the other one. Right. But right. For, for us, for us as, uh, you know, whether you think of it as a, a keyword, uh, someone who needs to optimize their keywords or someone who's ideating on a new product or someone who's just, you know, like, like in 
my case, building the software to help uh, sellers make sense of all this. It's it's fascinating to me that we're always evolving. We're always adapting uh, to what's going on. So in the, in the early days of Amazon, you were worried about, you know, what's my position in the search result page and what keywords are people searching for? Now we have to think about which is my product the default search result for anybody speaking keywords into an Alexa? You know, this is... <laughs> that that's a new wrinkle that if I could go back in time a few years, I don't think any seller would be thinking about it. Who would have predicted that? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, maybe a lot of us sellers aren't really thinking about it now, but that's another wrinkle that never mind the physical search result page in a browser. Are you on the air? And I'm using air quotes now in the air. Are, are you on the <laughs> quote unquote search result page in an Alexa? And on the search result page there, there's only one item on the right, search result page. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that, and, and I don't know how much you know about the, the Amazon Choice program. Uh, and maybe they keep it kind of hush-hush, but I'm, I'm assuming that's got to be a combination of, of relevance, obviously, so your, your normal optimization, but product reviews, maybe return rate, things like that, sales velocity. I'm sure those, those other factors really play in heavily uh, to, you know, the fact of whether you're the Amazon choice or not. Do, do you know what all the, all the factors are that, that Amazon weighs for the choice program? I wish I did. If I knew, I would just happily describe it to you. Of course, I don't. But even if I did, I'm not sure my knowledge would be worth a whole heck of a lot because they're always noodling around with that anyway. So uh, who knows? Except I just always refer back to the thing that's always in the back of my mind, and that is Amazon, whether it comes to their algorithm or any of their programs, are always going to do what becomes creates the best experience for the customer. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, George, this has been phenomenal. Uh, really, really interesting. We, we could go on and on about this stuff, and I would actually enjoy that. That would be fun. Uh, I do want to, we do need to wrap up here relatively quickly, uh, just for time purposes. But uh, if you could just just talk a little bit more about Merchant Words. We've got a great flavor of what it is and what it does. Uh, but other ways people are using it. Are people using Merchant Words to to kind of help with their, their ad targeting uh, or, or any other ways you might use that, that someone hasn't thought of for how they can use Merchant Words? Yeah, I'll, I'll lay down all of those I can think of off the top of my head. I was uh, just at an Amazon event in New York. It was called Boost. Had a great time there. I was sitting next to a lady who was just getting started with her Amazon selling, and she had a lot of PPC campaigns, you know, uh, sponsor product campaigns she was running. And she said, you know, I'm just so sick and tired of Amazon always targeting the same keywords over and over and over. I want a little more variety. And you know it's funny because I'm like, oh uh, well, have I told you about what I do? And, and we had a, we had a good we had a good productive conversation about it. But a lot of people are using uh, Merchant Words and the keywords that we give them there for optimizing their PPC campaigns. Now Amazon can do it for you if you trust them and want them to do it. And, and that's another interesting way to get their suggestions on what keywords you should use. But if you're looking for another way to supplement what Amazon is suggesting you target for PPC, Merchant Words is a great idea for that. So that's one. Of course, the the most number of the our largest percentage of customers are using our data for optimizing their organic search results, you know, the organic keywords in their listings. And of course, that's a fantastic use too. Uh, the other thing that we see is a lot of people aren't even Amazon sellers at all, or even if they are, they're using it for off Amazon purposes. Uh, let's specifically, they were interested in making sure their content strategy is right. If they're looking to build a page, perhaps to catch the attention of uh, Google or the other search engines. So they're uh, looking at their um, their SEO strategy or their landing page strategy. And so they're, they're looking at it for uh, content. That's another interesting idea. And then uh, my favorite, my favorite use of uh, that we see people use our data for is uh, product ideation in the first place. So a lot of people will say, you know what, I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what product I want to bring, but I want to see what kind of demand is out there. And more specifically, what are the variations and all the, all the things that people are searching for? And that will help me kind of define what products I'm going to be interested in possibly inventing that have never been 
been invented before or sourcing. If I have a, you know, I do, if I want to go into a private label offering of uh, something that I'm going to sell, but it's an enhancement of something that exists already, I might spin up my own private label brand of it. So it's, it runs across the board. People with an existing product, they need to optimize or paid or organic or people that don't even have a product, but they just want to do better customer outreach with what's in the mind of a customer. We, we see all those different uses for our data. I love it. And that, and that is a, it makes a ton of sense, whether it's a, a your first foray into to creating a product or maybe you're just looking at, at line extension or brand extension, you know, what's going to be the next product we release. You know, this data is, is critical to be able to, to do that. So um, fantastic. Well, if someone is listening and, and they're saying, man, I've got to learn more about Merchant Words for those that aren't, don't already, you know, haven't already connected with you or aren't already using the tool, how can they find out more about Merchant Words and potentially get started? Sure. So MerchantWords.com is the place you want to go. At the bottom of every page at MerchantWords.com, everywhere, homepage and any other page you go to, there's a big green help button. Just scroll down to the bottom of any page, click on the help button, send us a message. It'll go straight to our team of customer support guys. And then once they have a look at it, if you want to chat with me, just ask them to connect you to me. Be happy to, uh, to chat with you personally. Uh, maybe just have an email exchange, whatever it is. But our customer service folks can help you. I'll be happy to help you personally if you ask them to connect you to me. And uh, give us a give us a shot, man. What I'd if you've never heard of Merchant Words, you've never seen our data. I'd love to have it try us out. Uh, we're not a whole lot of money. We're just a few bucks a month. And if you love us, we'll be happy to. Uh, we're never going to raise your rate. We'll keep it just a few dollars a month. And if you don't like us, that's okay too. I mean, I wish you would. But if you don't like us, and we're not for you. That's fine. We'll be happy to refund your money. There's no commitment. You can cancel any time. So please, please check us out. Please connect with our customer service folks. Have them connect you to me if you have any questions for me. I'd be happy to reach out and chat with you. Very cool. And that, that's a really unique offer, and I love it. You know, the the opportunity to connect with the uh, the founder if you if you choose to do that. That that's pretty cool. And and like I mentioned, I mean, this is one of the tools that we use all the time for our Amazon services team, and so highly highly recommend Merchant Words. Uh, so George Lawrence, man, you, you rocked it today. This, this was a ton of fun. Thanks again for coming on. <laughs> it was my pleasure, Brett. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so as always, uh, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or less of, uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you feel so inclined and give George a shout out for the, the awesome info he provided today. And with that, thank you for tuning in. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.